It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important stories. The socialization of transportation, education, energy, housing, and water, what it means is that government controls it through rules and regulations. The latest in politics and world affairs. Under this guise of bipartisanship and nonpartisanship, it's actually tapping down the truth. Today's current opinions and ideas. On an equal field in the battle of ideas, mistruths and misconceptions is getting us into a world of hurt. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation and welcome to the Kim Munson Show. Thank you so much for joining us. You're each treasured, you're valued, you have purpose. Today, strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, we were made for this moment. Thank you to the team I work with. That's producer Joe, producer Luke, Zach, Echo, Charlie, all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting, and also producer Rachel is in studio as well with uh, producer Joe. Hey, happy Monday, producer Joe. Happy Monday, Kim. Boy, we've uh, the world changed a lot between, well, it didn't, but it did, uh, between Friday and today with the attack on Israel. Uh, and um, lots going on with that. So we'll talk about that here in just a little bit. Uh, check out my website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. You'll get first look at our upcoming guests as well as our most recent essays. You can email me at Kim at Kim Munson.com. And thank you to all of you who support us. We are an independent voice, and we search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. It's never compassionate to take other people's stuff, whether or not it's their rights, their property, freedom, livelihood, opportunity, or lives via force. And force could be a weapon, policy, unpredictable and excessive taxation, fear, coercion, government-induced inflation, or the agenda of the World Economic Forum and those globalist elites. And again, if something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to implement it. Uh, Let's see here. First of all, thank you to the Harris family for their goal sponsorship of the show. And they have been sponsors of the show for many years, and I am so grateful for them. And a new sponsor, thank you to the National Shooting Sports Foundation for their sponsorship of the show as well. Greatly appreciate them. And again, I'm an independent voice. And, and, um, and so all of these sponsors are are just so valued, as well as all the support you guys give us. Uh, but another way to support the show is to give your business to our sponsors. I know each and every one of them personally. Highly recommend them. They strive for excellence and so can highly, highly recommend them. First thing out of the box, let's uh, go to our word of the day. And it is halcyon, and that is uh, H-A-L-C-Y-O-N, halcyon. And it's an adjective. It could be calm, peaceful, or tranquil, or happy, blissful, carefree. And I was in a Bible study one time when when our instructor, who's since passed on, but uh, Ron Wall, he, he said something along the line of, we really take it for granted um, the mundane. And so I, I, I created this sentence, the halcyon of the mun- mundane, we take for granted. And as we just live our lives, sometimes we, we let the little things get to us. And there's a really big thing that obviously happened this weekend over in Israel. So the word again of the day is halcyon. 
and that is H-A-L-C-Y-O-N. Your challenge is to use that in a sentence today. And for our quote of the day, I went to Golda Meir, and she was an Israeli politician. She was the fourth prime minister of Israel from 1969 to 1974. She was born in May 3rd, 1898 in Kiev in the Russian Empire, and she died in 1978. And she said, the only way to eliminate war is to love our children more than we hate our enemies. And I'd actually done a... Oh, uh, a self-study, if you will, back when I was in high school, and it was a, it was a big subject. I actually I had very good grades, and so so for people that had really good grades, you could have a semester of self-study. However, I did mess around. I ended up sitting in the student union, talking to people, and you know, eating snacks. And uh, so it was the last few weeks. It's like, okay, I need to really buckle down and do this. And the subject I had chosen was the Israelis and the Arabs and their role in the Middle East conflict. And of course, the Middle East conflict has been going on since day one of the founding of Israel back in 1948. But it's been going on for years and years and years and years. Uh, but one of the things, and that was the quote that I saw from Golda Meir, it was also, we will have peace in the Middle East when the Arabs love their children more than they hate us. And so what we saw happen this weekend in Israel um, was, it was very well coordinated uh, by Hamas. Uh, and there are reports that Iran is certainly um, supporting this. And that, uh, then we connect the dot, we have to question why the Biden administration uh, traded uh, prisoners and also gave Iran $6 billion recently. Um, and uh, here, here we have this significant attack upon Israel and the stories of women and children being attacked is really beyond belief and um, so very concerned about that and then there are I've seen reports and of course we need to I mean it doesn't take a rocket scientist for it to be true to figure out that it could be true but that uh, many of the weapons that we left in Afghanistan maybe have been used as well so it was a, a very well coordinated very well planned attack there are reports, this is, uh, this is from Fox News this morning, that says Israel recaptures areas near the Gaza Strip overrun by Hamas, and uh, the is Israel Defense Minister has ordered a complete blockade on the Gaza Strip, no electricity, no food, uh, in light of that attack. So stay tuned. It looks like there's significant bloodshed. And again, um, women and children, uh, the stories are, are of great concern there. So we have to pray. Uh, it says uh, here, live update, at least 1,100 dead. And the Israel prime minister declares war after the Hamas attack. So our world, I think another, th another point that I want to make, Donald Trump, whether or not you liked him or you like him or you don't like him, uh, he was the only president in recent history that did not get us involved in a, a conflict or a war. And he also was, was, uh, made America very strong. And so you did not see these bad actors 
um, doing what they're doing right now. And so there is something to be said for that as well. Uh, the next thing, the next uh, uh, article that I wanted to go to, and I found this again I, when we were talking about immigration on Friday with Art Arthur with the Center for Immigration Studies, I'd indicated my concern that our compassion is being used against us. And one of those things is is we are so compassionate with our charities, with the money that we give to charities, with the money that we give to when there's um, dis- natural disasters throughout the world. And, and that part of that is because of the American idea. We, we need to keep government in its own box so that we can thrive and flourish. And Americans have been very, very uh, generous and compassionate with our money. But And this is something, the Salvation Army, I, I used to give money to them. But it, uh, this is from the Daily Mail. It says, migrants are now being sent to New York City by plane from California. And it, that's so interesting from one... Um, one area that's run by radical activists, um, that radical activists that have t- taken over the Democrat Party in California, sending them to New York City, which is also uh, being controlled by the radical activists of the Democrat Party, but that they have been the Salvation Army has been paid using federal funds, and you have to say what is wrong with that picture, and again, this is from the Daily Mail, and uh, very concerned about. Our southern border, as we look at what happened in Israel this weekend, uh, I mean, just just connect the dots. The Biden administration has depleted our strategic oil reserve. Okay, the Biden administration is trying to kneecap our oil and gas industry, which has been foundational. You know, having reliable, efficient, affordable, and abundant energy is key to human thriving and flourishing, but it's also very important in warfare that you are able to fuel your your tanks and your trucks and all that. So the Biden administration, we have seen the strategic oil reserve depleted, kneecapping our uh, our, our main energy sources. I did just see a headline that uh, Germany has decided that they are going to build some coal-fired plants. Meanwhile, here, back at the ranch, we uh, have an administration that's trying to close our coal-fired plants. And it's not just Biden. We see it with Polis and with what's going on with XL Energy, uh, with the um, coal-fired plant down in Pueblo. Um, so strategic oil reserve, kneecapping our industry, total open border, not knowing who's coming in. And I, we need to have ordered legal immigration we all have an, many of us have an immigration story in our in our own personal history but that does not mean that we have just an open border and that we do not know who's coming into our country and uh, you can I, i'm sure i hate to i really hate to think about it but there's some very bad actors that have come in across the border and it looks like the administration doesn't know where they are or what they're up to. So that's of great concern. Then all the money that we have sent to Ukraine and much of our military equipment, we've depleted that. Uh, we left a bunch of our military equipment in Afghanistan. And so the Halcyon 
uh, of everyday life that we've seen here in America, we've taken that for granted. But underneath the, the surface, there's some very dangerous things going on. And, and we, need, we need to have leadership at the local, the county, the state, and the national level that care about the American people to keep us safe. And when we thrive and prosper, then the world is a safer place as well. So it's super important, uh, and I'm very concerned with what happened in Israel this weekend. Uh, The show comes to you because of great sponsors. One of those is Hooters Restaurants. They have five locations, Loveland, Aurora, Lone Tree, Westminster, and Colorado Springs. And uh, again, the halcyon of getting together with friends and watching uh, sporting events, we do take that for granted as well. Sometimes it's nice to, to just step back from what's happening in the world, and it's a great place to do do that at Hooters Restaurants. They have five locations. Or I said that. Let's see, I think. And uh, great specials for lunch and dinner. And another great sponsor of the show is the Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance Team. And Roger understands that there can be unknowns, <laughs> you think, in life, and he wants you to feel safe and well-served. And he wants you to understand your insurance coverage and know that their office will respond to your call or text 24 hours a day. So for that 24-hour peace of mind, call Roger Mangan at 303-795-8855. Like a good neighbor, Roger Mangan's team is there. So I switched my insurance to the Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance Agency. Get this. I actually talked to Roger Mangan, who has been helping people with their insurance coverage in our community for 47 years. He helped me create a State Farm personalized price insurance plan for my home and auto and explained affordable options. For personalized service and peace of mind that you are working with a team that cares about you and your family, call Roger Mangan now at 303-795-8855. Kim highly recommends the Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance Team. Again, that number is 303-795-8855. Johnny Stubbs Services uses only the best quality products to ensure that your heating and cooling systems run efficiently and last for years. Johnny Stubbs Services' team of experts is available to provide the proper guidance and help you make informed decisions about your heating and cooling needs. Johnny Stubbs Services prides themselves on delivering prompt and reliable service and stands behind their work with a satisfaction guarantee. JohnnyStubbsServices.com, the trusted contractor for all your heating and air conditioning needs. That's JohnnyStubbsServices.com. Focused and wise marketing is essential for your success, especially during tough economic times. If you love the Kim Munson Show, strive for excellence and understand the importance of engaging in the battle of ideas that is raging in America. Then talk with Kim about partnership, sponsorship opportunities. Email Kim at KimMunson.com. Kim focuses on creating relationships with individuals and businesses that are tops in their fields. So they are the trusted experts listeners turn to when looking for products or services. Kim personally endorses each of her sponsors. Again, reach out to Kim at KimMunson.com. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter, and you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We are an independent voice, and we search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. And I uh, want to mention the USMC Memorial Foundation. Uh, there's this charity poker tournament this next Saturday, October 14th. 
there can be 80 players, and it uh, the money is uh, raised will go to the USMC Memorial Foundation, and it is uh, begins uh, registration begins at 4 p.m. out at Feltz Bar in Inglewood, and the game begins at five. So you can go to USMCMemorialFoundation.org for more information. That is USMCMemorialFoundation.org for more information. This weekend, I spent the most all the weekend working on the voters guide, which we will be publishing here very. Very, very soon. Uh, it is, and uh, we will be uh, talking about many of these local races as well. But on the line with me, oh, and the ballots are scheduled to be sent out on Monday, next Monday, the 16th. And so um, it's important that we know about these candidates. So I have two candidates on the line with me Kyrie Cox and uh, Kevin Morris. And they are running for school board in Estes Park. So, Kyrie Cox, welcome to the show. Good morning. Welcome, Kim. Thank you for having me. And Kevin Morris, also welcome to the show. Hi, Kim. I'm glad I'm here. Thanks. Okay, okay great. Kyrie, let's begin with you. Uh, so you are candidates for the Estes Park School Board, correct? Correct. And why, Kyrie, have you decided to run for school board? I have my husband and I have six children total. We have three in the district. I am a teacher, credentialed uh, teacher. I teach K-8. I'm taking time off right now to stay home with my three younger children. And they were in the school system. My daughter's been there since kindergarten. And she kept coming home with um, unusual things that she was saying, social things and uh, adult opinions and things like that. And I had concerns and her academics. Um, just weren't where they should be. And so I did homeschool her, actually, to get her caught up. And so the, through the academic concerns as a teacher and as a parent, some of the stuff she was saying just didn't fall into line for age appropriateness. And so I was asking questions going into the school, being a teacher, I'm very curious. And so I was asking questions, having meetings, being pushed to the chain of command. And then I got all the way up to the top there to the superintendent, and then I was told that it's policy. It's our policy these um, unusual things I was hearing. And so I decided, well, I need to run for school board because I was talking to the other parents in the community and they had issues, the same kind of issues my husband and I are dealing with at home that are not age-appropriate things that they're being told in the classroom. And when you ask a question, you're put off. And then I, you know, naturally as a mom, I became to get very concerned because this is, teachers teach social skills, not social agendas. And they're supposed to be sticking to straight academics every day, all day, with some electives mixed in for fun, like art. <laughs> so I decided wow. I better get in there and look at the policy. <laughs> okay. Thank you. And Kevin Morris, why have are you running for school board in Estes Park? Okay. The, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, and uh, I prayed. Uh, I'm conservative. I'm a retired geologist. I was a retired um, I also was a VP of HR for 1,100 people. Um, prior to that, I ran a division looking for oil and gas. Um, we spent a budget annually of 400 to 450 million dollars. Uh, it was interesting talk, listening to you talk about the energy industry before we, you picked us up. But anyhow, the biggest thing is we should be preparing students to be successful, productive members of our society. If they don't know 
English, if they don't know how to read and write, if they don't know arithmetic, they're always going to serve someone who does. And that continual slide in the academics in, here in Estes, and then the leaning towards trying to get social justice done. The We're not supposed to be teaching our students what the parents should be teaching them. In other words, children are dependent on their mothers and their fathers, and we want them to be taught by their mothers and their fathers. We want them to be supported by the school system as they learn rigorous academics rather than having to deal with things that they're not emotionally, morally, or intellectually able to handle. That's what's causing the depression, the confusion, the anxiety, and for that matter, the suicide numbers to continue to go up because they're not being taught fundamentals. They're being taught things that confuse and take them off the path. I never dreamed that this would be happening in America. Uh, in our schools, but uh, my gosh, it, I, and I'm kind of surprised that it's happening in Estes Park. So Kyrie Cox, uh, tell us, can uh, are, are there different districts? Can everybody in Estes Park, the Estes Park School District, uh, vote? What does that entail exactly? So tell us about that, Kyrie. Right, right. And so um, those that can vote are in the EPSC R3 district, and that includes Estes Park, the town of Estes Park, and then Glen Haven, Allens Park, and Pinewood Springs area. Okay, and so everybody can vote. And how many school board directors are there on the board? There are currently five directors. And how many seats are up for election? There are two seats up. Okay, okay. Uh, and let's see. Uh, so I think that answers that question. Uh, how can people get more information uh, about you, Kyrie Cox? Um, I have a website, KyrieCox.com, where I have a, a bio about myself and then some upcoming events that we're going to be doing, some meet and greets. So I would ask people to check that out. And, yeah, I think the website, and I also have a Facebook Okay. And so that's Kyrie. It's K-Y-R-I-Cox-C-O-X.com, correct? K-Y-R-I-C-O-X.com? Correct. Okay. And I want to ask you one other thing, and and I think you alluded to it, but parental rights and also transparency of curriculum and what's going on in the classroom, it, it sounds like hidden behind policy is is maybe lack of transparency. Am I connecting the correct dot on that, Kyrie? You are absolutely correct, Kim. The problem in the classroom, being a teacher myself, is that I had a back-to-school night where I had all the curriculum out in front of me, and I explained my classroom procedures and policies and let the, the, um, the parents view the curriculum. Every time I ask to see the curriculum, I'm put off. I'm, I'm being a teacher, naturally, I'd want to see that. My children are raised in church. I'm a conservative Christian. And so they're telling them things that I don't believe are in the state standards. I'm printing out the science state standards today to go have yet another meeting. I have had meeting after meeting bringing in standards and asking them. And then I've been told some teachers don't have curriculum. They're getting their 
their curriculum online and we're losing teachers because they're not providing curriculum. And so the things they are providing, they're getting themselves, which is unheard of. And I have to check into the Department of Education in the state of Colorado to see if that's even okay. And that's completely off base and inappropriate, not even to have and have a teacher making up curriculum online. And so there's no transparency with curriculum. They will not let you see it. I can't go anywhere to look at it. They see it, show it to you briefly. Some, oh, we have these two we're going to choose. And I, as I said, being a teacher, that was the first thing I did. Then I asked for a curriculum night. I was told they're going to have one in September. We had an open house, which is like a little party meet and greet. No curriculum, no classroom procedures, no policies. And so as a teacher, that I've never even started a classroom without sharing the curriculum with the parents and having them view it and ask questions. So this is very unusual to me. Are the parents welcome in the classroom? They are absolutely unwelcome. I'm a credential licensed teacher. I have offered, my daughter's now in seventh grade, I've offered to go in the classroom, tutor children. And when I had parents that were teachers, I had, when I had parents who were licensed, I had them right in the classroom helping me alongside me. I have volunteered every year. Oh, yeah, yeah, we're going to let you in the classroom. Oh, yeah, and then other parents. And now I've helped start PTO last year in 6th, 7th, 8th grade where they're really targeting this age group. And I volunteered and volunteered, and I'm allowed to do maybe a little bit of PTO, but I'm not allowed. And if I come into the classroom, the principal was really had a lot of anxiety about it. And I did sit down in my son's English class in eighth grade, and I did not like what I heard. And the children did not look happy. My children are not happy coming home. There should be joy and fun in learning. There shouldn't be one voice. We're a diverse public. Public education is all about diversity. And there's one voice being very loud in the classroom, and it is not the children. And so if the the teachers are being forced to teach something against their will or against their own personal feelings, this is not okay. So I have to get on the board to see who is pushing these agendas, and that's what I aim to do. So I'm hoping to get elected. I'm working really hard towards that so I can get into the classroom as a board member and I can start talking to admin to see what's happening, what is going on in school. You should be able to drop your child off, wave them goodbye, and not question all day long of what they're being told. Right, right. Well, Kevin Morris, um, how can people get more information about you? Well, obviously the local newspapers. And then I have a Facebook page, a couple of them actually, that they can get their information on. But I I, want to echo what Kyrie said. One of the issues in Estes is chronic absenteeism. Why are students absent? Well, their parents and family are the key to that. And as she's talked about it from one point, we need to encourage the families to be participate, to, to welcome the input, because without that, the students aren't even there to teach. So attendance is a, is a huge issue for them. But again, the biggest issue is trying to figure out, for me, financially, where does the $17,000 a year for each student go? Where's that money going? Um, I have a friend who started a charter, who's a board member for a charter school in Tulsa. Um, their annual is 7,500 per student. Where's the extra 10,000 go? And, and 
why is it not being spent on curriculum, on books, on teachers, to provide the best education we can? Obviously, there are other things that we need to do. But the reality is, if you don't start with the foundation, and that's getting the parents absolutely involved. And, and of course, in Estes, we have a number of about 30% of our students are uh, Hispanic or minorities, and some of them aren't English first language. So we have to create opportunities for all those students to succeed, but it's still fundamental, just like Kyrie said, she needs to be back in the classroom, but all those parents need to be welcomed into the educational system to know what their kids are doing, and then they'll support it, and then they'll attend, and we won't have the issues we have with the anxiety and the confusion and the depression that we hear from every, virtually everyone we talk to. Wow. And again, so what's that Facebook page, uh, Kevin? It's just Kevin Morris uh, okay. in, here in Estes, so it's not, okay. it's not hard to find. Okay. Well, uh, Kyrie Cox, uh, thank you. Kevin Morris, thank you. And again, that is Kyrie Cox, K-Y-R-I-C-O-X dot com. And then Kevin Morris, K-E-V-I-N-M-O-R-R-I-S on Facebook. Uh, thanks to both of you for stepping forward to run for school board. Appreciate, And that's up in Estes Park, the Estes Park uh, School District. So thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. And uh, we have these important discussions. And any candidate that reaches out to me, I will uh, schedule time to get them on. And I know there's a number of you who have reached out, and uh, I will be working to get you on here very soon. Uh, and we have the support of these amazing sponsors to make all this happen. And one of those is Karen Levine. With the limited number of homes in the Colorado Front Range market, Karen Levine can help you achieve your home buying or selling vision. Karen has the right connections, technology, and strategies to help you buy or sell your home or to purchase a new build. Whether you're feeling overwhelmed or want someone to take the wheel, or you just need a second opinion, you can rest assured that REMAX Realtor Karen Levine is the right agent for you. Call Karen Levine at 303-877-7516. Karen is the trusted professional who strives for excellence. That number is 303-877-7516. Boson Law is a local law firm dedicated to helping injured individuals in Denver and the surrounding areas fight for the justice they deserve. Boson Law focuses on personalized representation tailored to your unique situation with one-on-one attention and counsel and consistent communication. Boson Law personal injury attorneys have extensive trial experience and have successfully represented clients against the interests of powerful corporations, manufacturers, insurance companies, and government agencies. Contact Boson Law at 303-999-9999 for a complimentary in-person consultation. Again, that number is 303-999-9999. Call now at 303-999-999. Nine 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 nine. Our future depends on educated, informed, and active citizens. You can do your part by reading Dr. James Lyons Weiler's latest articles at Popular Rationalism on Substack. That's popularrationalism.substack.com. 
All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter, and you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And uh, wanted to mention the Center for American Values. They have an upcoming event this Wednesday afternoon that you can watch a live stream, and it is the, the On Values and Unveiling of a Portrait for Jim James Jim McLaughlin, uh, and he is a Medal of Honor recipient, and uh, I'm actually going to be down there for that, but you can view that live by going to AmericanValueCenter.org. That's AmericanValueCenter.org, and that's at 4 o'clock this Wednesday afternoon, and it's uh, part of their On Value Speaker Series, and it should be really, really a a great event. So again, find everything, uh, uh, all the information about that at AmericanValueCenter.org. Org. On the line with me is Dr. Brian Junedepth, and you know him. He writes extensively uh, at the American Thinker. And Dr. Brian Junedepth, welcome to the show. Thank you. Good morning. Well, I, I, I need to ask you, first of all, our world, in a way, I feel has changed uh, with what happened over the weekend and the Hamas attack on Israel. What What's your thoughts about it? Uh, the world's changed in a bad way. It's Slipping closer toward uh, World War III. It's a very interesting development that the the U.S. indirectly has funded this through releasing money to Iran. All the weapons left behind in Afghanistan, how many of those weapons found their way to Iran and to Hamas and the terrorists? Uh, Much of Israeli military ammunition equipment is been sent to Ukraine. It, it's almost like, you know, this was all orchestrated and uh, Russia against Ukraine distracted the West and we sent all our munitions there and now war broke out over here in the Middle East. It's, uh, it's very scary. It's uh, tragic for Israel and uh, at least a thousand have died. And in perspective, it's much worse for them than 9-11 was for us in terms of percent of the population. It's horrific, and it's uh, Americans have been killed, and they're likely American hostages, as well as lots of Israeli hostages. Uh, this is going to be a real mess, and uh, how is the U.S. And, and the West going to respond? Most of the West has uh, depleted their weapon supplies, and interestingly, nobody's talking about Ukraine this past weekend. You're right. And uh, that's exactly what my assessment is of all this, this as well, that we've depleted our, our munitions uh, by sending so much to Ukraine. Of course, I, I think that, uh, you know, all the money that, that is spent to the Ukraine is, or it's not the Ukraine, to Ukraine. Uh, well, here, here back, you know, we're, we're taking on more and more debt in the United States. So I'm super concerned about it as well. But I, you've written a piece recently. Actually, it was at uh, Rasma, uh, Rasmussen, and that was regarding uh, déjà vu on masking. And yes. uh, so let's talk a little bit about that. Sure. Uh, masks seem to be 
trying to make a comeback. There are uh, schools, institutions that are, are trying to push mask mandates, healthcare institutions, and it's it's deja vu. It's the the same people pushing this, despite significant evidence that masks in general are not helpful. They don't work against the respiratory virus, and there's been some good research over the past few years that validates that. And yet Dr. Fauci and others keep pushing it. It's, it's the same, same routine that's been discredited, and people are fed up with it. And yet here they are pushing it again. Why, why do you think that is, Dr. June Depth? I think it's control. I think it's fear. If, if you can get people masking up, people are afraid. They're afraid to go out, afraid to do things. Um, and it gives cover for the bad guys, protests, etc. If you, you watch these protests, everybody's got a mask on. And it made masking kind of the, uh, a fashion statement for Antifa BLM and the uh, riots a few years ago. And even now when there are riots and, and protests like that, these people are masked up. And it'll be interesting to see footage of the Israel-Palestinian protests and clashes in cities over the weekend and how many people were masked up. It's, it's hard to identify people. You can cause mayhem. You can do property damage. And if you have a mask on, it's very difficult for law enforcement to identify people. So it's, it's almost like giving cover for people to misbehave. But on the medical front, it's creating fear. It's trying to push yet another booster. And it, it's almost as if they're setting the stage for another pandemic. It, yes, it, it's almost like that. Uh, I had to pick up a, a prescription. I don't get very many prescriptions these days, but it was so interesting um, uh, that I picked it up and, and what I, I received uh, from the um, uh, the pharmacy, I received a text message, oh, your, your prescription is ready, and hey, stop by and get your flu shot and your RSV shot. And I thought, hmm, that's very interesting. Uh, yeah, so they, what, they, what's your they, thoughts they about that? that? Yeah, they left out the COVID booster. Yeah, they're pushing all three. They, they want people to get flu, RSV, and COVID. And even, even in children, they're... they're pushing these on children and it's it's uh where where's the evidence there's there's not it's it's of minimal if any benefit and exposes people to harm and at this point everybody's been exposed to covid and virtually everybody's had it at some point um and it seems the the more boosters you've had the more you're getting covid i know people that have had three boosters on top of the original two, and they seem to keep getting COVID. It's uh, remarkable. I don't think it's good for the immune system to to keep priming it over and over again by uh, boosting, because then the immune system is fighting off spike protein and is unable to handle other infections, keep cancers in check, things like that. And there's there's unintended consequences to this. And it just hasn't been well studied. Uh, the government is not forthcoming with the data, uh, especially with adverse events. 
keep seeing in the news kids, teenagers having heart attacks. I don't remember that ever. No, I know. Uh, in my childhood, I don't recall any kids my age having a heart attack. Uh, now it's commonplace, the athletes, etc. And there should be a pause until there's some uh, good analysis done. And nobody trusts the government. That's the problem now. The government says safe and effective, and everybody says, not everybody, but the media claps along like trained seals. Yes, yes, yes. Get it. Uh, so, um, yeah, the pharmacists are, are doing vaccinations, and we uh, get paid for it, so it's a revenue source for them. So they're pushing it. Um, yeah, and public health measures, schools, everybody's saying, oh, get your vaccine, get your vaccine, and not just one. Now it's three of them. Right. And and what, what you're saying regarding your immune system <clears throat> is it is important. Well, there's I think I think through this whole COVID thing, I think what many people started to realize is that we need to be self-assertive with ourselves. There's been just this real trust of the medical profession and also the CDC of the government and <clears throat> Really, we need to be healthy skeptics on on all of this. And I, I think more and more people are becoming healthy skeptics on this, Dr. June Depp. What do you think? I think they are. And this, this goes back for years. Uh, there have been a number of miniseries on OxyContin and Purdue Pharmaceuticals. And one of the takeaway messages is the FDA approved this. The FDA said uh, low addiction potential. Uh, and... That's not true. Oxycontin is basically heroin in a pill form. It has its uses, and if used properly, it's a good medicine. But it's uh, to say it's not addictive, and the FDA did. That's the regulatory authorities, and they did little to to stop it. Uh, so uh, they they have a track record of not being honest, and it goes even further back to the Tuskegee uh, syphilis experiments on blacks. A century ago, uh, so there's there's mistrust in the government, and just because the government says it's good doesn't mean it is. Right, and, and just describe for our listeners uh, this uh, Tuskegee uh, experiment. What happened exactly with that? Well, this was in the South, and uh, the the government, I believe, the CDC wanted to uh, learn the natural history of syphilis and they blacks infected with syphilis were told they were being treated but they weren't and it was an observational study to see what happens with untreated syphilis so imagine having some infection or illness and you go to the hospital and they say oh we're treating it here's the medicine and it's just a sugar pill and they watch and see what happens what's the natural course of of the disease and that's you know, that's, you, that's experimentation on humans. And um, and that's not that's okay. What, that's, what, that's what happened in Germany. And that was, right. there was outrage about that. And well, what about uh, Tuskegee? And you, you can look at the whole COVID vaccine project. It wasn't well tested. This was new technology. It was very limited clinical trials. And then it was approved on an emergency use basis. And a large percent of the world got vaccinated. Well, there's that. That's the experiment. And 
maybe they're looking to see what happens to the vaccinated versus unvaccinated in the largest clinical trial ever done. But that's that's not ethical. No, it's not ethical. <clears throat> there are so many things that are occurring right now that are not ethical. And I, I think that when when a country loses its foundation, um, and it seems like that's what's happened here in America. We're in a very difficult spot. I want to continue the conversation with Dr. Brian Jundepth. He writes extensively. You can find him at American Thinker. We've been talking about a piece that was recently published at Rasmussen, um, but uh, he really takes these difficult issues and and really breaks them down. So I'd highly recommend that you check that out. And it's Jundepth. It's J-O-O-N. D-E-P-H. So you can go to American Thinker and put in June Depth and all of his essays will come up as well as Rasmussen. Uh, We have these important discussions because of sponsors such as Lauren Levy. If you are 62 or older, a reverse mortgage could be a great tool regarding retirement and estate planning. It is essential to understand the process. Lauren Levy with Polygon Financial Group has nearly 20 years in the mortgage industry and has the experience to answer your questions. Lauren understands that each financial transaction is personal. If you'd like to explore your options on a reverse mortgage, remodel your home, buy a rental property, or move, call Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. Licensed in 49 states, Kim Monson highly recommends Lauren Levy for all your mortgage needs. Call Lauren at 303-880-8881. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of The Kim Monson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N, dot com. Shooting outside can be limited, but at Franktown Firearms 10-lane, 30-yard indoor range, the weather is always just right. Franktown's range supports handguns, shotguns, rifles up to 50 caliber, and even black powder loads. And safety equipment is provided for free. Since Franktown's range is connected with their gun store, they have a full selection of rental firearms so you can try before you buy to ensure that it's a good fit for you. And if you become a member at Franktown Firearms and Shooting Range, you can even access the range after hours. The range is very well ventilated with fresh air constantly, so you can breathe easy while you shoot. Most importantly, Franktown Firearms is a family-owned and operated gun store. At Franktown, you will be treated with respect as their client because they want you to be confident with your shooting and keep coming back. So use your own gun or try a new one on the range at Franktown Firearms today. Go to klzradio.com slash franktown to find out more. Franktown Firearms, where friends are made. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice, and we search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. And I want to say thank you to the Harris family for their goal sponsorship of the show. And also thank you to a new sponsor, National Shooting Sports Foundation, for their goal sponsorship of the show. And if you were out at our 
kickoff, our Colorado kickoff of a climate conversation documentary, which was a week ago this last Thursday out at Rockley's Event Center. Great place to have an event uh, out on West Colfax. Uh, you would have seen Glenn Jansen with Jansen Photography and his camera. And Glenn and Mary Jansen are true entrepreneurs. They have a beautiful property uh, located out in Lakewood where you can get, they specialize in portraits of families and children and senior portraits. And uh, also you need to have that great portrait for your uh, business or political career. And Jansen Photography can help you with that. That is J-A-N-S-S-E-N photography.com. And also a climate conversation. We did kick that off with the Colorado screening, but it is scheduled to be on Newsmax this Sunday evening, October 15th at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. And uh, I had the great honor to be the moderator in that documentary. And so be sure and check that out this weekend. Uh, on the line with me is Dr. Brian Jundep. We were talking about a piece that was published recently in the, the Rasmussen about uh, deja vu all over again, as uh, as Yogi Berra used to say regarding this whole masking. But uh, he just also published in American Thinker recently, Trump's not the problem, he's the reaction to the problem. It says former Donald Trump, uh, former President Donald Trump is blamed for more of the world's problems than even global warming, climate change, extreme weather, or what we call weather these days. But Trump is also blamed for much of the dysfunction in Washington, D.C., such as the recent ousting of House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. So uh, expound upon this uh, article that you wrote, Dr. Brian June Depth. Response to a inept Republican Party. Uh, you, you can trace this back to Bush 41 and his failed promise about read my lips, no new taxes, and then his son about compassionate conservative conservatism and getting us into a 20-year war in the Middle East uh, under false pretenses, and then. The Republican Party, starting with uh, when Obama was elected, the Tea Party. Uh, Republicans told voters, oh, we need the House, we need the Senate, and voters delivered. And what did the Republicans do? They did nothing. Obamacare was not repealed. Spending was not controlled. uh, The border was not built. And voters got increasingly frustrated, and the Tea Party movement went nowhere. Obama weaponized the government against conservatives. The IRS audited uh, conservative groups. Where was the Republican pushback? There was nothing. And finally, Trump was elected as a response to that. It's like, you guys aren't listening to us. Trump came along. He wasn't the cause of, of the rebellion. He was the response to it. Here was finally somebody that listened to the voters, listened to the people, and took them seriously about endless foreign wars, government spending, the border, uh, energy independence, uh, things that he accomplished. And so he's, he's not the cause of the dysfunction. He's the response to it, just like Matt Gates is not the, the cause of the House of Representatives problems, he's the response to it. You have Kevin McCarthy, who made promises that got him in on the 17th ballot for House Speaker, and he didn't keep those promises. Uh, the, the House has not had a proper budget process since uh, 1999. It's continuing resolutions. It's omnibus bills. Uh, there were promises to do 
proper budget process where you have separate bills for funding, and each can be debated. There was time to have House members review these bills, and McCarthy didn't do that. He shoved it out there and say you have to sign it. He hasn't released all of January 6th footage, despite his promises. So I, I think Matt Gates is a response to that of Republicans are fed up with broken promises. And you keep doing that, you're going to get a response in some way. And that's that was the response of the ouster of Kevin McCarthy. And that's that's why Trump remains popular, because he's giving voice to the this affected middle class and conservatives around the country that feel they're being ignored and persecuted. You know, and Dr. June Depth, if it was just politics, you know, politics as normal, uh, that would be one thing. But these bad decisions that have been occurring with with both, and you can say them, I, I really think that the Republican consultative operative class has been willing to uh, one of the favorite words is collaborate, reach across the aisle uh, with the radical activist Democrats. Uh, it is it has put Americans now in we're in a very dangerous position. We don't have the luxury of making these bad decisions with the, with the open border. When we saw what what happened with Israel this last weekend, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out if you've got people coming across the border and you don't know who they are or where they are going, or where they are now, that puts the American people in a very dangerous position. And it's that would be something, it seems, that Republicans and Democrats could come together and do something about it, but instead they're just messing around and not doing anything about it, from what I can see, Dr. June Depth. That's correct. They're, they're not doing anything about it. And uh, some something like... Uh, Seven million people have come across the border during the Biden administration. And if only one percent of these are bad guys, and you realize most of the people coming across are young men of military age. Uh, all this about, oh, children, families. Well, you, you look at the video of who's coming across, and it's men in their 20s. If only one percent of them are, are troublemakers, that's 70,000. How many bad guys took down the Twin Towers. I mean, what was it, 19 of them? So right. you got you got whatever percentage, Hamas, Hezbollah, Middle Eastern terrorists that are here that are waiting for a signal to go live, uh, we could have big problems on our hands. We don't know who they are, where they are. And Republicans have done nothing about the border. Trump was trying to build the wall, and Paul Ryan was thwarting it. It, it's it's unfathomable, and that's that's why people are frustrated. You had McCain and Romney that ran inept campaigns. And I don't know if it's on them or again the consultancy class, like you talked about. Consultancy classes turned Colorado into a blue state. It's, it's you know, the, and the, they would... the consultants get paid either way, whether the right. election is won or lost. The consultants cash out, so they're. Do they really care who wins? No. They're, you know, it's like a lawyer. Win or lose, you're going to get paid. 
Well, and that's why I think Colorado, and what I'm seeing right now, we only have a minute left, though, is that the consultant operative class would rather fight with the grassroots Democrats, or excuse me, the grassroots Republicans, than fight with the Democrats. Um, we've got a minute left. Your final thoughts, super interesting, uh, Dr. Brian Jundev. Uh, the final thoughts is we're in for tough times. We're we're adding $5 billion a day to the national debt. Our military is in shambles. The military has been focusing on climate change and diversity and equity. And are they ready to fight a world war if that breaks out? And the U.S. has aided and abetted it through giving money to Iran, through abandoning weapons in Afghanistan, through wasting time and treasure and Ukraine. Uh, and now things are heating up in the Middle East, and Israel may not be able to defend itself. Wow. And that's Dr. Brian Judeft. You can find him at American Thinker, also at Rasmussen, and he will be uh, a regular guest on the show. So, Dr. Judeft, thank you so much. My pleasure. And our quote for the end of the show is from Golda Meir. She said, a leader who doesn't hesitate before he sends his nation into battle is not fit to be a leader. So my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you and God bless America. Stay tuned for our number two. and opinions expressed on KLZ 560 are those of the speaker, commentators, hosts, their guests, and callers. They are not necessarily the views and opinions of Crawford Broadcasting or KLZ management, employees, associates, or advertisers. KLZ 560 is a Crawford Broadcasting God and Country station. It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important stories. The socialization of transportation, education, energy, housing, and water, what it means is that government controls it through rules and regulations. The latest in politics and world affairs. Under this guise of bipartisanship and nonpartisanship, it's actually tapping down the truth. Today's current opinions and ideas. On an equal field in the battle of ideas, mistruths and misconceptions is getting us into a world of hurt. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation. Welcome to our number two of the Kim Munson Show. Thank you so much for joining us. You're each treasured, you're valued, you have purpose today. Strive for excellence, take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, we were made for this moment. Thank you to the team that I work with. That's producer Joe, producer Rachel, producer Luke, Zach, Echo, Charlie, all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. So producer Rachel, are you behind the board right now? Yes, I am. It's good to be here, Kim. 
Great to have you. And uh, we're, we're preparing. Joe's going to be taking a day off. And so Rachel's going to step in when we do that. So I get to work with just a great team. And I'm so grateful for each and every one of them. Producer Luke will be on tomorrow as our featured guest in the second hour. Uh, always great conversations to hear what he's hearing from his friends. Uh, he is... Um, in, in his 20s, and so it's important that we hear what these kids are, are thinking about, and so we'll be very excited to have him on tomorrow. Today is Columbus Day, and uh, our, our featured guest today will be, in the second hour, will be Scott Powell. Uh, you know him. He is a senior fellow at the Discovery Institute and the author of the great book, Rediscovering America, How Our National Holidays uh how our national holidays tell an amazing story about who we are. So we'll talk with him here in just a little bit. Um, first thing, I'm going to go to the word of the day, and it is halcyon, and that's H-A-L-C-Y-O-N, halcyon. And it's an adjective, calm, peaceful, tranquil, or happy, blissful, carefree. And the halcyon of the mundane uh, we take that for granted. And a friend of mine had talked about the mundane. When, you know, when we have these these things that we can be concerned about, that somebody cut me off in traffic or um, just these, these basic first world problems that we get so whacked out about and forget the blessings um, of, of the mundane, the halcyon of the mundane. Uh, I think that we, we, we forget that we are just so blessed when we get to go to the grocery store and still, even though with inflation prices have gone up, but it's a pretty amazing thing that we have all of these different choices that if we work hard, we have the money to, to purchase and we, we've taken all this for granted and we are in such a dangerous position underneath the surface. And we've talked about it regarding, uh, what happened this weekend with Israel being attacked by Hamas. And, um, I mean, I guess they're starting to say that the death toll might be 2,000. And, again, for a small country, that percentage is so significant. And um, under this, the, the Biden administration that we have going on here and the radical activist Democrats that have taken over the Democrat Party, and have really have gotten elected at the local, county, state, and national level, we've real, realized that our country is really under ideological attack. Uh, and with Biden draining our strategic oil reserve, uh, kneecapping our oil and gas industry, which provides reliable, efficient, affordable, and abundant energy, which has allowed us to thrive and fur- flourish, uh, with the open borders, with draining our military uh, equipment uh, and money, sending it to Ukraine, and and uh, weakening America, and and again, in our military, having the focus be the woke ideology, the trans activist uh, ideology, uh, it has really weakened us, and so we don't realize it, but we are in a very dangerous position, and. Um, we need to change this, and we can change this, but it takes the proper leadership. So, okay, for our quote of the day, I went to Golda Meir. She's an Israeli politician. She served as the fourth president of Israel from 1969 to 1974. She was born in uh, 1898 in Kiev, Russian Empire, died in 1978, and she said the only way to eliminate war is to love our children more than we hate our enemies. 
And um, she, there was also another variation on that quote is, when will there be peace in the Middle East? And she said, when the Arabs love their children more than they hate us. And uh, so I think that those are important quotes with what is going on in in Israel right now. It looks like uh, the Israelis have gained control again of of those areas that were overrun. Um, but it's going to be super interesting to see what happens here in the United States. Also, we heard at the top of the news that there's protests both in support of Israel and in support of Hamas, which I find kind of interesting. But um to have protest in support of terrorists. I guess we, I guess, I guess we saw that though in the summer of love of 2020 here, right here in the United States. But it's important that we think about these, uh, these discussions. It's important to be intellectually um, curious about them. And that's why what Dr. Jack, uh, Dr. James Lyons-Weiler is doing with IPAC-EDU is so important. You can get more information by going to IPAC-EDU. That's IPAK-EDU.com. And I am currently taking his course that is being taught by Brad Miller on literature as resistance. Uh, but a lot of great courses there, and you can find that uh, at IPAC-EDU. And I am really blessed to work with a lot of great great sponsors and I would encourage you to give them your business uh, because they each and every one of them strive for excellence like Roger Mangan. And I'm talking with Roger Mangan with the Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance Agency and question life insurance. What what should people know about that Roger? Well first of all there are a lot of life, life insurance companies out there and you want to make sure you're dealing with those that are triple-A rated that have strong balance sheets that aren't selling you a discounted premium and maybe not have the ability to process the claim in a way that you need it at the time you need it. So quality is very important when you buy a life insurance policy. Who needs it and why? How much should I buy and what kind should I have? Those are the questions that you have to answer. Obviously, if you have a family, you should have life insurance, and it's different for each family. There are generally five things to consider. Uh, do I have enough money to pay off my mortgage? Let's say it's $400,000 on the mortgage. Uh, the other question is, do I want to be able to replace my future income should I not get home from work today? If you take 60000 a year for 30 years, that means you have the ability to earn about $2.1 million over your lifetime. I would suggest at least five years of that $60,000 income or 300000 So first of all, 400 for the mortgage, 300 for income replacement. Let's say you have two children and you put $40,000 in a fund to help them pay for their college or trade school totaling $80,000, 40 for each child. If they're five years old and they, you know, when you pass, the $80,000 is invested at 5%, it would grow to about $151,000 for a college education. Then uncovered medical expenses, another consideration if you should not come home from work today. And what does that mean? Final expenses include burial costs, uh, assumes extended illness or prolonged uncovered hospital stays. And then lastly, you would want enough in the policy to eliminate current debt, 
could be cars, credit cards, college loans. And let's guesstimate 75000 for that number. And for uncovered medical expenses, maybe 100000 All these add up to 955000 Big number. Sounds overwhelming, but just think of how overwhelmed your family would be if the primary breadwinner was no longer here. And most folks have some life insurance for their employer, one to one and a half times their salary that is provided. So let's say 90000 if you can buy life insurance, group term life insurance from your employer, I would buy all I could get because it's heavily discounted and very inexpensive. So you would subtract whatever that number is from your 955000 which in my math right now with this example would be about 290000 of life insurance, bringing your need down to six sixty-five. Still a big number, so what do you do? What kind of insurance do you buy? That would be something we'll discuss in the next segment. Okay, very good. And I'm talking with Roger Mangan. He has been in business for 47 years, taking care of his family, serving his community, giving back to his community. And uh, he and his team strive for excellence. They are true pros. So like a good neighbor, the Roger Mangan team is there. You can reach them at 303-795-8855. That's 303-795-8855. With the limited number of homes in the Colorado Front Range market, Karen Levine can help you achieve your home buying or selling vision. Karen has the right connections, technology, and strategies to help you buy or sell your home or to purchase a new build. Whether you're feeling overwhelmed or want someone to take the wheel, or you just need a second opinion, you can rest assured that REMAX Realtor Karen Levine is the right agent for you. Call Karen Levine at 303 877 7516. Karen is the trusted professional who strives for excellence. That number is 303-877-7516. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of The Kim Munson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, kimmunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N, dot com. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter, and you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice, and we search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. Uh, the text line is 720-605-0647. That's 720-605-0647. And and uh, again, want to say thank you to the Harris family uh, for their goal sponsorship of the show. And thank you to the a new sponsor, the National Shooting Sports Foundation, for their sponsorship of the show as well. Today is Columbus Day. And uh, so thrilled to have on the line with me Scott Powell. He is the author of the book Rediscovering America, How the National Holidays Tell an Amazing uh, Story About Who We Are. And chapter two in the book is regarding Columbus Day. And he says, great accomplishments start with character. Scott Powell, welcome to the show. Thank you, Kim. Great to be with you. Uh, so Columbus, tell us, uh, tell us about Columbus. And, and you said character. He was a man of character? Oh, he's a man of remarkable character. An incredible guy. And it's perhaps because of that, uh, that character and his, uh, his deep and abiding and enthusiastic Christian faith that he's probably maligned by many people because we know that there's a war against Christianity. 
So uh, he was born in 1451 in the port city of Gen- Genoa, um, which is which is now Italy, by the way. In those days, it was not a, a nation state. Italy was not a nation state, but but uh, Genoa became part of Italy when it became a country. <clears throat> um, and it said that he he his born name was uh, Chris, Chris, uh, Cristoforo Colombo, and he chose to call himself Christopher Columbus because he liked uh, what the name meant. And in Latin, Columbus means dove, while Christopher means Christ-bearer. So, uh, you know, so this, that is a statement of who he was, who he, was, who he wanted to be. Um, but he was called, you know, he's a self-made man. He was not, uh, he was self-educated. I think he spent one year in school. But he had this wanderlust, uh, this call of the sea. And uh, so he, he, he envisioned his life being on ships rather than being on land. So he shipped out at an early age as, as crew member on various ships. Uh, and in the Eastern Mediterranean, they, he met up with the Muslim blockade. The militant Muslims were blockading trade to the Far East. And so it was at that point that he thought, well, what are we going to do if we, if we want to keep our trade going? Maybe we should find another route. And he was of the school of thought that, they, that the world was round. There were flat earthers in those days, but they were dying out because of scientific progress. Even in the 15th century, there was scientific progress being made. And his view was that the world was round, and should, should you go west, you would eventually come uh, to the Spice Islands of, uh, and, and India and, and the eastern countries that, uh, that Europe liked to trade with. So that was his vision at an early age, and he had that maybe that 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 recognition in his late twenties. Um, but he can, you know, he didn't act on it. He just that was there. God planted that in his in his uh, in his mind, perhaps. Um, and so it was later that everything changed for for Columbus. Uh, and he, you know, the other thing about Columbus is that he had a lot of hardship, and his his life lessons are so amazing because what we learn through Columbus is that God works through hardship. God, in one case, worked through uh, a near-death experience that he had when the ship, which was Flemish flag, got into a battle off the coast of Portugal, and his his ship was sunk. Um, And, uh, you know, he's uh, five, six miles offshore, uh, but he had the will to survive, he found some flotation material. Of course, everything was wood in those days and wood floats. So he was able to kick his way to shore overnight, and that's, it was very cold water. I mean, it was just sheer determination that enabled him to survive and, and make it to shore. But as, it, as God would have it, there's not, there was not a better place for, for Columbus to sort of start again. Uh, to wash up on the shores of Portugal was to wash up on the shores of the most advanced nation in the entire world in the skill of navigation. The Portuguese were the masters of navigation at that time, and they were using the stars to navigate. So he, he, uh, he learned from the Portuguese about celestial navigation, and, and this is when he was even more certain 
And uh, in his diaries, we know a great deal about Columbus because he kept these marvelous logbook and diaries. Uh, so we know a tremendous about this man because all of those were preserved. So he says in his diary that, uh, that God, God called him to, to find a route to the east. I mean, it was a, literally uh, he had the calling to do that. Um, and uh, I, I'm, I'm running ahead a little bit, but we have a limited amount of time. But he knew that he couldn't possibly sail to, across the ocean without uh, state sponsorship because he needed a big ship or he needed several ships. And so then he spent six, six years of his life traipsing around Europe, particularly going to the maritime countries, sharing his vision that um, there, was a, there was a trade route uh, to the Far East by going west. And, of course, he was ridiculed. He was laughed at uh, almost wherever he went, England, France. Um, he started off, of course, in Portugal. That's where he lived. They rejected him. Isabella and Ferdinand in Spain, right next door, they rejected the idea. And they had a lot of more flat earth uh, people in Spain, by the way. The, the um, Spanish were uh, the last bastion of the flat earth society. But in any case, he never, he never gave up hope. He just, he just persisted and persisted. <clears throat> and as, as circumstances would have it, uh, it was Isabella and Ferdinand who, in 1492, drove the Muslims out of South Spain. These were the Moors, the Muslims, and they drove them out of Spain, which is to say they freed Europe of the Muslim religion and the Muslim influence. And they were, the Muslims, some of them were peaceful, but they were, they were certainly militant in the East. Uh, and, and Isabel and Ferdinand saw this as a great turning point. They, they not only accomplished that, but then they said to themselves, so, what, why don't we spread Christianity? This is what the Muslims do. Why don't we spread Christianity? Christianity is a Mediterranean religion, and so they knew of uh, the, you know, the evangelical nature of Columbus. They knew he was a, you know, he was a great seafarer with navigation skills. So they they entertained him in their court to hear his story once again. This is in 1492, and they decided to uh, align. Uh, the Spanish interests with Christopher Columbus in his quest for a trade route, in his quest uh, to, to spread Christianity to new parts of the world. So they they backed him. Uh, he was, you know, they they supported uh, the building uh, or the acquisition of three ships, and we all know those names: the Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria. And so the voyage began. But the other thing about Columbus that's very interesting was he was a very shrewd man. He, he reminds us that when, when we are righteous people, we're believers in God, we have to be wise as serpents, and we have to avoid the snares of the enemy. So uh, Columbus was aware that uh, he was being watched and that perhaps his voyage would be sabotaged primarily by the Portuguese, whom he, you know, had pitched earlier, and they rejected him. And so he decided that he needed to, you know, he, he needed to sail in a, in a route that was different, so he sailed south first. He also kept two logbooks, because he, he realized that if he recorded in his official logbook that he was uh, sailing west, uh, 
which was his mission commissioned by the uh, the the uh, Isabel and Ferdinand that perhaps he'd be given grace if he should be stopped by the Portuguese he could just claim well I you know I, I'm carrying out the orders of um, when in fact he was sailing south because he knew that sailing south uh, toward the Canary Islands he could he could he could pick up favorable trade winds and sail west more easily. In the northern latitudes, even off the coast of Spain, if you sailed due west, you would you would hit headwinds, and that's not good for the you know to make progress because those boats could not sail into the wind very well at all. They needed the wind at least on their side or behind them to push them. So so he kept two logbooks. <laughs> you know, the phony logbook was that he was sailing west in case he was caught. The other log, the other logbook was this true one that he was actually tracking where he was going. So, um, so do you have any you know do you have any questions or should I continue? Yeah, go ahead and continue. I find this absolutely fascinating, Scott Powell. And again, he is the author of Rediscovering America, How the National Holidays Tell an Amazing Story About Who We Are. We're talking about Columbus because it's Columbus Day. But Columbus is is a great hero for the for for our times today too because uh, you know he he was this he was like you know here he is in his in his now his latter you know mid thirties and he has this incredible childlike disposition of of sharing the the good news of the Savior to people who had never heard that story before. I mean, he, he felt this was the, the greatest gift that he could have would be to take the story of the Savior Jesus Christ to people who, who could not possibly have heard the story before because, as I said, Christianity was a Mediterranean religion. It, it was, you know, it, was lim- it was, had a limited geographic footprint, if you will. So going, you know, going to the New World, going, going, uh, uh, going west, he would surely encounter people who'd never heard that message, and that motivated him highly. Uh, but he was also highly motivated to find this trade route. So when he was, uh, you know, the, the progress was slower than he thought. Of course, they, nobody really knew, you know, how, how far it was. But he sort of led his crew to think that they might arrive uh, in in the Far East in about five or six weeks. Well, they were two months at sea, and the crew was mutinous and wanting to turn back. And, uh, and you know, his crew was all Spanish. Uh, and Spanish people are, are wonderful when they're individuals, but when Spanish men get together, they can be rather machismo and 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 very forceful, uh, very boisterous. You know they have <laughs> they're known for that. So he knew that he was a he was a goner. They, they were going to throw him over the over the side, and uh, he'd be he'd drown and be lost. So he went to God in prayer and he asked, "What do I do? I have a mutinous crew." And and he he records in his diary logbook that God told him to ask for three days. And tell them that you can do with me what you will, but give me three days. And that's very significant as a Christian, as you know. Well, in the early morning hours of the third day, the the lookout on the Pinta, the smaller ship, cried out, "Land ho!" They they uh, they saw uh, the island of San, what what is now San Salvador, 
And, of course, that's a very significant name. Uh, San Salvador is the, the, the island of the Savior. They named it the Island of the Savior. <laughs> Columbus did. The Island of the Savior is San Salvador. So, anyway, so they spared Columbus. And, in fact, the Spaniards And, and quite- Scott, I, Scott, I'm just, they're probably going to try to rename that here in, in 2023 <laughs> with, with all the stuff that's going on. <laughs> But but to address, to jump ahead and to address the criticisms of Columbus <clears throat> that have come from many different sides, not the least of which is the, you know, is is the is the Marxist Leninist perspective that, you know, that Columbus was the first carrier of of European imperialism to the New World. Well, <clears throat> that of course is just not applicable to to Columbus at all. Um, but, you know, and Scott, let's keep that now as a cliffhanger, um, because uh, it, um, we'll go to break and we'll be back with Scott Powell. Uh, but we get to have these important discussions uh, with because of great sponsors like Johnny Stubbs Heating and Air Conditioning Services. Johnny Stubbs Services uses only the best quality products to ensure that your heating and cooling systems run efficiently and last for years. Johnny Stubbs Services' team of experts is available to provide the proper guidance and help you make informed decisions about your heating and cooling needs. Johnny Stubbs Services prides themselves on delivering prompt and reliable service and stands behind their work with a satisfaction guarantee. JohnnyStubbsServices.com, the trusted contractor for all your heating and air conditioning needs. That's JohnnyStubbsServices.com. If you are 62 or older, a reverse mortgage could be a great tool regarding retirement and estate planning. It is essential to understand the process. Lauren Levy with Polygon Financial Group has nearly 20 years in the mortgage industry and has the experience to answer your questions. Lauren understands that each financial transaction is personal. If you'd like to explore your options on a reverse mortgage, remodel your home, buy a rental property, or move, Call Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. Licensed in 49 states, Kim Monson highly recommends Lauren Levy for all your mortgage needs. Call Lauren at 303-880-8881. Our future depends on educated, informed, and active citizens. You can do your part by reading Dr. James Lyons-Weiler's latest articles at Popular Rationalism on Substack. That's popularrationalism.substack.com. Focused and wise marketing is essential for your success, especially during tough economic times. If you love the Kim Munson Show, strive for excellence and understand the importance of engaging in the battle of ideas that is raging in America. Then talk with Kim about partnership, sponsorship opportunities. Email Kim at KimMunson.com. Kim focuses on creating relationships with individuals and businesses that are tops in their fields. So they are the trusted experts listeners turn to when looking for products or services. Kim personally endorses each of her sponsors. Again, reach out to Kim at KimMunson.com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter, and you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Last uh, segment of this show, we will be talking, taking, um, talking about texts 
that are coming in. 720-605-0647 is the text line. Call in line is 303-477-5600. And uh, wanted to mention the USMC Memorial Foundation uh, will be the recipient of uh, the proceeds from a charity po- uh, poker tournament that is this Saturday. So you can go to usmcmemorialfoundation.org and get more information that the, the um, uh, ribbon at the top, just click on that, and that'll get you right to what you need to, to know about that. And again, that's for Saturday the 14th. On the line with me is Scott Powell. He is the author of Rediscovering America, How the National Holidays Tell an Amazing Story About Who We Are. So, Scott Powell, uh, you mentioned, I guess, in just an easy way to say it is, Columbus is, gets a pretty bad rap sometimes right now. So, uh, please address that. He's, he's been torn down. His statues have been torn down in, in most of the cities of America. And why has it happened? Well, we're going through a cultural revolution, a communist cultural revolution in America. And, of course, Columbus uh, is a great Christian hero who basically opened the way uh, for the United States to be formed. So the people who hate America are going to hate Christopher Columbus. And that's what's motivating these people. Of course, not everyone understands what they're doing. You know, mob behavior is what it is. So you get a group of young people pulling down statues. Not all of them really understand how they're being, uh, you know, how there are puppet masters behind them uh, who are really trying to destroy America. Every great nation holds on to its heritage, the good and the bad. Uh, Every great nation has holidays that commemorate the people that that were instrumental in the history of their country. Clearly, Christopher Columbus is instrumental in the discovery of the New World, because when he landed on San Salvador, he thought that perhaps these were the islands, uh, these were part of the Spice Islands, these were the islands off the coast of China. He didn't know. He had no idea what he found. Uh, And they went island to island, by the way. But Here's the story with Columbus and his crew, this, this Hidalgo Spanish crew. They began encountering uh, a kind of uh, militancy and uh, roughness and even cannibalism. Um, there was a tribe called called Caribs who went from island to island, uh, killing the men and eating them. Cannibals do that, you know, uh, and enslaving the women. And so. How is Columbus and his crew going to deal with these people? Well, he better be sure that their machismo uh, character was uh, bristling to, you know, to to take them on to save themselves. They had to use use arms and force uh, to for their own uh, saving their own lives. And remember that, that all the lands that they discovered that they. You know, they went beyond the islands. There were three voyages. Columbus made four voyages in in total to to uh, what he realized was not Asia. It was a new world, and he, he uh, explored the coast of of the northern coast of South America and up the coast uh, of what is now Central America on the Caribbean side. And, uh, you know, that was a very rough part of the world. You know, the Aztecs were a civilization at that time. And what did the Aztecs do? They not only sacrificed their children, uh, but they sucked the blood of their uh, children because they believed it would give the adults, uh, you know, longer life. 
These were brutal people, and it was the same for the Aztecs and the same for the, uh, the Mayas, and the residual of those, of those uh, cultures uh, were, uh, you know, were, were clearly very unchristian, and uh, they all believed in child sacrifice. So I think we can give a little bit of grace to Columbus and his crew, who were in a very rough area of the world, uh, and, and wanting to carry out what Isabel and Ferdinand had wanted them to do, which was if they could find a trade route, but but also to spread Christianity. So, uh, but it but it was a uh, they had their challenges. And historians, you know, everybody has to remember that historians, for the most part, are secular people. So they account for the who, what, when, and where from a secular perspective. Uh, there are very few historians that have done what I've done, which is to tell God's story in the history of America, because God's story is the most important story. America was founded by Christians. Thirteen colonies, all 13 colonies, were founded by Christians, Christians of slightly different uh, denominations, different beliefs. And um, this was the beginning of the country. And when and when we were going to fight uh, against the, uh, you know, the um, the taxation and, and the loss of of our judicial rights uh, by the British, you know, the British took away all the citizens, all the colonists' rights, and the decision was finally made that we need independence from Great Britain. Well, how how are all these colonies? 13 colonies up and down the eastern seaboard ever going to take on the greatest milita- military power in the world. Well, God provided for that. God, God created a spiritual revival in America. It was called the Great Awakening. And the Great Awakening was largely led by George Whitfield, Jonathan Edwards. But Whitfield was this remarkable man who visited all 13 colonies seven times. Wow. And he, and he, was, he was an evangelist, perhaps— in the in the in the caliber of Billy Graham or beyond, because he was good friends with Ben Franklin, and Ben Franklin, the scientist, decided he wanted to calculate what size audience could hear the voice of George Whitfield, and he he calculated that thirty thousand people could hear the the voice of George Whitfield, and of course there was no amplification of voice at that time. He had a a God-given, incredible voice, but the main thing is that he united the colonies. They all realized that they were, there was a spiritual revival. So they, they were brought together by God's, God's spiritual work, brought the colonies together, preparing them for taking on the greatest military power in the world. And we would not have won uh, the War of Independence were it not for the Great Awakening that preceded it. The historians make no, most historians make no account of that whatsoever. But Rediscovering America tells all these stories in their fullness. Well, and... So, and let's continue to talk a little bit about uh, what is happening regarding this narrative around Columbus, the imperialism narrative that we've seen, or I realize many of our children have been taught. How would you address that? Well, I would remind all your listeners to say it's not going to stop with Columbus. The next stage was taking, was destroying the Confederate history. You know, only 5% of the Southerners owned slaves. And the South was more Christian than the North, and there were many Southerners that were opposed to slavery. This was not, you know, sponsored by the state. Slavery cropped up with individual plantation owners, um, 
and the and the economy largely required cheap labor because it was large scale agriculture. I'm not making an excuse for it, but it 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 existed everywhere in the world, so it would have been very unusual for slave traders not to have visited the New World, bringing their wares uh, and so forth. But it, it, was a, it was unfortunate that Christian America opened the door. Uh, it started out with indentured servants who could, you know, who could earn their freedom after seven years. But later, in eighteen, in the, in, in about um, sixteen. <clears throat> 50 uh, or 1660, uh, slaves came into the came into Jamestown, and from there it, it it grew from there. So the the southern economy became very entwined with slavery. And at the time of the Constitution, at the time of the War of Independence, um, you know, slavery existed in in southern states, although only five percent of the southerners owned slaves. Right? People should remember that, and most of the southerners. The common people were 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 not, uh, you know, uh, were Christians and didn't view slavery, you know, uh, as as a uh, as as really um, the way of the future. Uh, it was a necessity, perhaps, at that time, but they longed for a day when slavery would be no more. And so, in the Constitutional Convention. <clears throat> They couldn't take on slavery because their their job was to form a, a new government for this newly independent America, and uh, but they they did recognize we need to do something. So America is the first. The Constitutional Convention decided that <clears throat> slave trade would be outlawed in America after 20 years. So they gave a sort of a 20 year grace period for the southern for the southern states to phase it out. And they look to the states to deal with it. This is not a federal government matter. This is a state matter. So, unfortunately, of course, they, they didn't phase it out. And and uh, you can read the stories, uh, other stories in uh, in <clears throat> Rediscovering America about what happened with the Civil War, what happened after the Civil War, and how God's will was really fulfilled in the civil rights movement in America, where uh, not only the blacks, all minorities, the doors were open to complete upward uh, mobility opportunity. All the rights were extended and protected by law. Uh, there are no laws, uh, you know, to hold people back in America. And this is what makes our country great. Well, and but it, took, it took many years to get there. So the vision of Thomas Jefferson, where, where he said, it's self-evident that all people are created equal. He says that in the Declaration of Independence, in 1776, but that didn't exist when he made that declaration, did it? Because there was slavery. They were, there was not equality. But he cast a vision of the future, and that makes it, you know, this was an admirable thing that was done, and yes, we took twists and turns, but God's time is not our time. And America was the first nation of the world to outlaw slavery, and and the American government at the time of the Constitutional Convention was already making a statement about slavery because they were debating the fate of the Northwest Territories. And you know what they decided? Uh, the, the North, uh, it was the, I, I think, the, the Declaration of the Northwest Territories of 17, um, <clears throat> 1787 that slave trade would be, that there would be no slavery in the Northwest Territories. So the the, the official government, pre-Constitution government, declared slavery to be outlawed in the new territories of America. 
That says that reveals the heart of the of the founding of America. Well, and most people don't know that story. Most people don't know that story. (laughs) Well, and uh, actually, I was had been talking with a young person regarding the three fifths clause that is in the um, the Constitution and. Uh, they thought that 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 the three fifths clause was something that said that uh, that uh, black would be is three fifths of a of a, of a human being, and that's just not the case there. But that is a narrative that our kids are being taught, uh, Scott Powell. No, it's it, it, you know the, you know there was this big debate about how power would be shared between big states and small states. And the big states, of course, they said, well, we should have more influence on our federal government because we have more population. The small states said, yeah, but we have our state and we like it the way it is. And we don't want to be overshadowed. Uh, we we, We don't want to be vassals of the big states. You know, we want to have our rights. And so this balance turned out to, to, to play out in the Constitutional Convention. Uh, it was led by the most Christian of all of the delegates, and that was Roger Sherman of Connecticut. And it was called the Great Compromise, and he came up with a Great Compromise, and that was that you should have representation by population in the lower house, and every every state should have two senators in the upper house. And this would protect the small states. So th- there was a big issue about, well, there's so many slaves in the southern states, <clears throat> and if you know, how do we deal with that? Pop, how do we deal with that? They'll they'll overwhelm, um, you know. They'll they'll change the mix of power, and so it was decided to to allow for in counting for representatives to to count uh, three fifths of the slaves uh, in terms of determining representation in the southern states. Well, and, and Scott Powell, my understanding on that also is that uh, the southern states said, hey, we want to count our slaves when we're counting population. And the debate was, but wait a minute, They're, they are slaves, they, they, you don't have them as free men. And so if they can't vote, if they can't vote as free men, then then you can't count them towards the population because, again, it was kind of like they wanted to have their cake and eat it too. And it's like, uh, so that's why they came up with that compromise is, is because uh, the, those that, um, they said that you, you can't count them as complete free men because they're not free men. And that, so that's where they got to the compromise of three-fifths. It's complicated, but it's important that people understand that, Scott. It's complicated, but we always have to fall back that when we rely on God and we pray to God for solutions to our problems, God will answer those prayers. God will guide us individually. God will guide us as a nation. And God guided us as a nation in remarkable ways. And it wasn't, you know, instant gratification. You don't instantly eliminate slavery when it's embedded in the culture of the South. Uh, But God provided for a course uh, where uh, there was total redemption. The story of America is not the story of uh, slavery and imperialism. It is the story of redemption, of God's hand of redemption working through American history to realize a mixed society where all people were free, all people have the same opportunities, all people are protected under the law, and all of that is now being threatened. And everybody, all your listeners know this. 
we have a government that is corrupt now, and so these great ideals of our founding are being destroyed, and we as citizens have to push back on every front and stand up for our rights. I mean, all the American people should be outraged that there are political prisoners in Washington. This is an outrage. This is a violation of so many of, of, of our uh, first uh, ten amendments. You know, they, many many have been held for two years with no charges, with with no uh, no no trial. I mean, this is this is unbelievable. This is not the America uh, that it was uh, uh, in our childhood. It's it is a far cry, and we have we have an emerging police state where the FBI is knocking on doors of people who protest abortion or protest school board meetings and wanting to, pro- to, to harass them, persecute them, seize their computers and their cell phones to find out who their contacts are. This is not America. Let's continue this discussion. That's, I'm talking with Scott Powell. He is the author of Rediscovering America. Today is Columbus Day and connecting the dots from Columbus to today. It's very important. Uh, and um, we'll continue the conversation. But, but what he's talking about is we need to know. We need to know what has made America great, what our, our ideas are. And uh, I want to mention the Center for American Values in Pueblo is a non-political organization, but they're focused on honoring our Medal of Honor recipients and knowing those stories and also on educational programs. And they just have a, a new one regarding civics for K through 12. It's an online program. And then there's a great event that's going to be this Wednesday. I will be there. Uh, and that is uh, October 11th, but you can watch it online, get more information. And it's uh, regarding uh, the unveiling of um of the portrait for James C. McLaughlin, who is a Medal of Honor recipient. You can get more information by going to AmericanValueCenter.org. We have these discussions, and they are amazing discussions because of sponsors like Boson Law. A recent report notes that the number of children diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder is consistently and dramatically increasing. This is heartbreaking. If your child or grandchild or someone you know has been diagnosed with autism or ADHD following exposure to Tylenol or acetaminophen during pregnancy, call Boson Law at 303-999-9999. Boson Law is a Colorado-based law firm who has been fighting Big Pharma for over 20 years. Call now at 303-999-9999 for a free, no-obligation review of your potential claim. Call now at 303-999-9999. All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Shooting outside can be limited, but at Franktown Firearms 10-lane, 30-yard indoor range, the weather is always just right. Franktown's range supports handguns, shotguns, rifles up to 50 caliber, and even black powder loads. And safety equipment is provided for free. Since Franktown's range is connected with their gun store, they have a full selection of rental firearms so you can try before you buy to ensure that it's a good fit for you. And if you become a member at Franktown Firearms and Shooting Range, you can even access the range after hours. The range is very well ventilated with fresh air constantly, so you can breathe easy while you shoot. 
Most importantly, Franktown Firearms is a family-owned and operated gun store. At Franktown, you will be treated with respect as their client because they want you to be confident with your shooting and keep coming back. So use your own gun or try a new one on the range at Franktown Firearms today. Go to klzradio.com slash franktown to find out more. Franktown Firearms, where friends are made. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. You can email me at Kim at Kim Munson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. Uh, we are an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. On the line with me is Scott Powell. Uh, his book is Rediscovering America, How the National Holidays Tell an Amazing Story About Who We Are. And Scott, uh, I received a, a text message from one of my friends. She said, listening to Scott Powell on Kim's show discussing Columbus, asking God for three days. And she says, guess what? The first daily mass reading is today, Jonah, uh, which uh, wasn't he in the belly of the, the whale That's for right. three days? Yes. The the church in a w- is wisdom. So I, I find that fascinating. But we only have a few minutes left. America... Where we are right now, we are in a very dangerous position. But God had his hand on America and our founding. And I I think that we are really in the third founding of America. The first was obviously um, the Revolutionary War. The second was the Civil War. We are in an ideological third founding of our country, and we are in this big ideological battle right now. So we've got just a few minutes left. How do you want, want to button this up? Well, how do we win this battle? Um, that's the big question. So God is on our side. Unfortunately, you know, we drove God out of the culture uh, in America. That really, that really started. Uh, it's all, there's always been a, a battle. I mean, Satan has always Satan. The power of evil has always been uh, part of uh, of what we face as human beings. Uh, and, he, and of course, uh, Satan works through through. Uh, through sin, uh, and that's why we need a savior. And we are protected. Uh, <clears throat> we are protected by so much when we have God's protection. And America was protected during most of its history. But when we started driving God out of our culture in the 1960s, taking prayer out of school, and, and then um, legalizing uh, abortion in Roe v. Wade in the, in the early 70s, and on and on. I mean, it's just been a progression of walking away from God, driving God out of our culture, and that creates a vacuum. And what has filled that culture, there's been an infilling of, um, of, of evil and evil spirits. Uh, so this is what we're facing now, and this can give people comfort. Of why, why is all this happening? Why are people so crazy? Well, <clears throat> it's because we're in a spiritual battle right now. So we have to be prayerful. We have to call on God and God's wisdom and God's ways and always stand up for the truth. And, and, and you know, there's, in Canada, there's this great movement. Uh, you know, we've had, you know, we've had, you know, million, million man marches, million women marches. They're having such a march uh, to protect the children in Canada. So things are happening everywhere now uh, that are trying to take back 
take take back the ground that you know that the evil one has uh, has uh, has taken or is threatening to take, and certainly protecting the innocence of our children is a cause that everyone can get behind. Well, absolutely, so, As Scott Powell, and and this really uh, goes all the way back to the, on, to Columbus and on Columbus Day, and uh, him wanting to spread the the good news of a savior. Correct. Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, so people can take heart. You know, the, the enemy wants to demoralize you. He wants you to get out of it. You know, to be sidelined, to be you know discouraged to feel like I can't do anything. Well, that is exactly where the devil wants you. God wants you on the front line now. God wants you to be active and pushing back and reclaiming territory for him. And this means reclaiming our country. And and uh and we're at the crossroads now. I mean, we we are at the crossroads. But uh I believe with God's with God's help, uh all, all can be changed. All we can save our country. Well, Scott Powell, thank you so much. And he is the author of Rediscovering America, How the National Holidays Tell an Amazing Story About Who We Are. And uh, thank you. Happy Columbus Day to you, uh, Scott Powell. Thank you so much. Thank you, Kim. And our quote for the end of the show, I went to Golda Meir. She said, a leader who doesn't hesitate before he sends his nation into battle is not fit to be a leader. So my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you, and God bless America. and opinions expressed on KLZ 560 are those of the speaker, commentators, hosts, their guests, and callers. They are not necessarily the views and opinions of Crawford Broadcasting or KLZ management, employees, associates, or advertisers. KLZ 560 is a Crawford Broadcasting God and Country station.